January 13th, 2022. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we will review Alistair Crowley in England, 2021 by Tobias Shurton. This is the final part of Shurton's serialized biography of the Great Beast, following up on the Beast in Berlin, Crowley in America, and Crowley in India. The compendium will be the most complete and best documented life of Crowley yet presented. This particular volume will present a side of AC, which his other biographers have not explored. Crowley the gourmet chef. Cook what thou wilt shall be the whole of the menu. In the 1930s, the beast was considered the sultan of exotic curry dishes and hosted the lords and ladies of London society at his festive board. We will give you a summary of his bill of fare, so stay with us and bon appetit. Alistair Crowley in England covers his life from 1932 to his death in 1947, all spent in England, after he had returned there from his sojourn in Germany. Now, this book follows Tobias Shurton's previous The Beast in Berlin, which we have previously reviewed. The first part of the book covers the pre-war years, which primarily highlighted, or lowlighted, by his unsuccessful libel suit, which did at least create negative advertising for his literary career. After attending literary luncheons, he got the idea of hosting his own, developing a reputation as London's Sultan of Curry. His culinary adventures are all covered in Chapter 5, which we will return to. Crowley had gone through his inheritance by the time he left Sicily and was living on charity from friends and contributions from students. Most important of these, friend, student, and collaborator, was Lady Frida Harris, a talented artist who worked with him to create a modern masterpiece, the Thoth Tarot Cards, to accompany his Book of Thoth. Their tempestuous relationship is covered in detail. At one point, she attempted to take all the credit for the cards rendering and design, citing his reputation as damaging to hers. His ongoing correspondence with his German OTO colleague, Carl Germer, is followed through in the book. Germer had been put in a concentration camp by the Nazis, but was released just before the war started, and he went to America. We are also provided with a running account of Crowley's correspondence with his Southern California OTO members, Wilfred Smith, Jane Wolfe, Jack Parsons, Louis Culling, and the Parsons affair with Hubbard is briefly mentioned. We are also introduced to Grady McMurtry, who visited Crowley frequently during the later days of the war, and were given the impression from Crowley's journal entries that McMurtry was indeed his choice to run the OTO in America after the war. There is no evidence in his book of Crowley's cooperation or employment with either MI5 or MI6 during either World War I or World War II. Shurton 
incites a conversation with Sylvester Virick, in which Virick agrees to provide Crowley with an affidavit that U.S. Naval Intelligence officers told him that Crowley was working for them during World War I. But no affidavit is extant. We are told that Crowley volunteered to help interrogate Rudolf Hess when he parachuted into England uh, during World War uh, II. But no reply, no reply to him is cited. Now, I'm not trying to discredit Churton's account in the Beast, in his book The Beast in Berlin, where he cites Crowley's asset informant work for Colonel Carter of of Special Branch. That seems better documented than his alleged activities against Germans in both wars. Now you'll recall that um, uh, Special Branch, uh, Special Branch of Scotland Yard, uh, was used Crowley to uh, inform them about uh, about uh, uh, German communists. Um, now, well, even if we have to give up the legend of Crowley the counter-spy, we can celebrate the new and fully documented legend of Crowley the gourmet chef, London's sultan and exotic, dare we say, magical curry. So let us return to Chapter 5 and savor the menu. Chapter 5 begins... New Year's Day, 1936, and then continues. On February 3rd, Orgy, with Lawrence and Pam Falcon and a McVicker, led to a party at Pat's, perhaps Rudolf Steiner's aficionado, Patricia. These are, these are, these are journal notes, Curly's journal notes. Patricia, Patricia Deidre Doherty, who'd come up from uh, from Cornwall in 1934 to observe Hero Crowley in the dock, and that was in that libel suit. Uh, three days later, Crowley recorded his first recipe as a gourmet and a London curry sultan, salad of onions, green peppers, baked potatoes, olives, hard-boiled egg, almonds, and lichen, with a dressing of oil, salt, vinegar, paprika, mustard, and Tabasco pepper. 666 liked it hot, and many were called to ordeal by curry over the next five years. Lawrence and Pam dined the following Sunday on Crowley's savory number one. Fried rye bread, Smear with Chinese chili sauce, grilled sardines, topped with egg, fried in olive oil. Followed by his first curry four days later. Kalal rice, almonds, sultanas, onions, saffrons, little curry, Lee and Perrin's, Worcestershire sauce, mutton, parmesan. For dinner, it was around. To the around to the Falcons for a spelling bee, and they discussed Vander Elst's picture show idea and the six 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 bar idea, 
and uh, the latter a notion to metamorphosize from the themed bar to a curry-specializing black magic restaurant. The following night, Nancy Thomas, possibly Dylan Thomas's, held her sister through a party. Crowley must have felt more comfortable in his rooms to give dinners for on March 7th, the Falcons attended Curry's Spelling Bee plus Halala Curry, an oriental dessert with fruits, figs, and Carlsbad plums. And a few days later, Andre Pignet, who couldn't find a Masonic opening in France, crossed the channel keen to learn the Master Therian's magic. Crowley opened the OTO portals on March 12th with Pignet undertaking 14 lessons for 14 guineas in masonry, Kabbalah, astrology, JMRC, mantra yoga, and Samastra Dharyana. Further lessons included astral traveling and willpower were given between April and June. Crowley's gourmet trip gathered pace in early summer. On May 31st, Christchild and Pam Falcon were treated to an aphrodisiac called mania-making, couscous cooked in butter, and Samir Pate cook put in red mascar fish, butter, and sugar in the pan, add honey. Add pistachios. Heat till caramel appears. Pour on to grease pan. York had the benefit of a memorably exotic lunch, cooked by the host himself in a Bloomsbury in a Bloomsbury flat. Chili con carne so hot it makes strong men weep. Four side dishes were based on a red mascar fish and poppy seed, tamarind fish. Burmese balachow made from rotten rotten prawns bottled, very Spielberg-esque. Kasundi minced mango in spiced oil. June 10th saw rice as usual, omelet, Chinese, Poppy Dam Prawn Alachow Poppy Dam Zambar Lobster Iced. The gourmet turned his hand to Vindaloo of Bahindi on July 28th. Anchovies, papadam, tamarind fish, sambar of sardines, and another blast from the past blew in two days later. Crowley's employer in German propaganda, George Sylvester Byrick, joined Germer, Ruby, and girl Pat, Patricia Doherty, for lunch. Crowley noted Byrick will sign an affidavit that I had no trouble with the authorities in the USA. And he said also that after the war, he made friends with our naval intelligence officers 
who told him that I had been working for them during the war. Of course, unfortunately, we don't have we don't have the affidavit. Let's skip on over to the next food entry here. James Plue of the Aquila Press, which had nearly merged with Mandrake in 1930, contacted Crowley on August 20th about the essay on Al, that's Woodrowville, I guess, in the Equinox Proofs. Clue, who would become a longtime friendly acquaintance, showed up for the chili con carne lunch on the 23rd and again four days later. Another translator, Anglo-Irish Percival Arland Usher, entertained Crowley at Ruby's Diner on the 21st, Cambridge. Cambridge-educated Usher published a translation of The Midnight Court by Irish Gaelic language poet Brian Merriman. Crowley would speak to Mrs. Usher on Christmas Day about the elixir, Amrita. Nothing, and noting that she likes my curries. Clue joined Crowley for lunch on the 27th, and Julie shared Crowley's supper of, oh, what a Zambar lobster with almost plain rice and a Chinese omelet on top. Well, that concludes the uh, the entries in the book regarding Crowley's uh, Crowley's uh, buffet, his curry buffet lunches. Uh, but they really were seriously thinking about opening a opening a restaurant, and and um, <laughs> I don't think that they would have done very well with it. But because Crowley Crowley's finances were in terrible shape. But anyway. This gives us a very, very good picture of of, of Crowley's Crowley's gourmet gourmet uh, chef's hobby, and and this is and I I, I want it, uh, Lon Lon Duquette, if you're listening, uh, uh, I want you to I want you to to uh, to help uh, help promote a campaign to get to get uh, Churton. To, to write a Crowley cookbook, we we really we really the OTO needs one, and and think 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 what a what a what a terrific round of of entertainment this could be at Profess houses and all Crowley Crowley curry lunches. Oh, yeah, this would be almost like uh, like you know it would be like uh, table lodges in, in, in a Masonic lodge, like a table lodge, uh, and uh, so. Uh, I, uh, what what Churton needs to do is to get himself a chef uh, willing to help him, and they need to prepare all these th- these dishes t- t- and and you know to test them out and photograph them, of course, naturally and everything, and and produce a a, a sumptuous uh, sumptuous Thomic cookbook. I think this would be would be a wonderful project. Anyway. Uh, that's it for, for tonight, uh, for us, um, next week, 
uh, we're going to present the second half of the chemical wedding, and and uh, that that's the most exciting stuff in the chemical wedding, by the way. So be sure uh, be sure and tune in next week and and uh, get the chemical wedding. And also, I'd like to point out that our bookstore, our online bookstore, pokerunion.com, is is now in business, and you can go there and and look over our uh, our, our books and and uh, and let uh, come help us out. You know, order 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 some books from pokerunion.com uh, and help us get going here with this. Uh, and uh, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next week with the second half of the chemical wedding. And uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, enjoyed uh, Crowley's little feast tonight. Uh, we'll see you then. Good magic. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.